What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. What up? We are back again today in the studio. I uh, wonderful to be back. I know we didn't do a a podcast last week. I apologize for that. Uh, you know. It was Thanksgiving week. I thought, hey, you know what? Uh, let's let, we usually record on Thursdays. Let's let the let's let our fans, you know, enjoy Thursday, watch some NFL games. You know, even though one of the games was canceled that I really wanted to watch or postponed, sorry. And uh, you know, we're just going to let them do that. We'll watch college football, and uh, when we get back, uh, you know, this next week we're going to do another podcast. I hope all of you had a wonderful and and safe Thanksgiving. Now I want to I, w- I want to talk about some things that have been uh, on my mind. A lot of things that have happened since this last uh, episode. So as you guys know, I am on another podcast called the Orange and Blue Podcast. Uh, we call cover all things Boise State, and 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 I told I've I and I and I promise you guys as fans because uh, a lot of our fans here are in Utah. Uh, you know, I have a lot of family that are BYU fans, and uh, I said I wouldn't bag on them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bash them uh, if they beat Houston and if they were capable of beating Boise. Now, the Boise game kind of let me down. The Houston game, uh, BYU ended up in the fourth quarter playing a lot better of a game than Houston did. Frustrating, uh, you know, because you're like, uh, you know, I, it's more fun to bash on things, right? It's harder to, to give compliments. So I really didn't want to. I really didn't want to talk bad about it. But we're, we're going to put some things into context because there's so much outrage. And and it's not just because it's, it's BYU. It's every single year. Uh, and even last year, I think I fell victim to it. But it, it is what it is, right? So we're, we're going we're gonna to discuss the college football rankings. Now... A lot of people, uh, they have this this term called fair, and you learn about it probably preschool, maybe even kindergarten. You learn that you know you got to be fair to other people. If somebody is using a, a crayon that you wanna wanna use, you don't go up and take it from them because that's not fair. And equally, everyone should have a fair opportunity, right, to for 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 opportunity in school, for opportunity in growth, opportunity in jobs, and stuff like that. We 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 have this this notion of fair. We want fair in our society. That's what we want. But when it comes to sports, I see that fair isn't always the case. Okay. Now, as a University of Utah fan, and now that I've been following Boise State. Year after year after year after year, multiple times, multiple instances, life hasn't been fair to those fan bases. For me as a fan, 2004, uh, we would go to the Fiesta Bowl. Well, we were undefeated. We won the Mountain West. We need to go to the National Championship. Didn't happen. However, Meyer was our coach. I think it was we had Alex Smith as our quarterback more than capable of doing it. I mean, you think about it. He's been in the league 15 years. He's still slinging the pill. Way to go, Alex. Anyway, so, so so put that into context. Then 2008 rolls around, and we have a really good season again. It was actually Urban Meyer's recruit, but Kyle Winningham is a great coach. We won the Mountain West. We destroyed Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. It wasn't even a contest. Brian Johnson as our quarterback. We could beat Florida, and I remember yelling that. I remember telling everybody we could be give it to us. But it didn't happen. What was it? 2010. Fiesta Bowl. 
Here comes the Broncos of Boise State. They win. They play outstanding. They beat Oklahoma. We deserve to be in the national championship. Doesn't happen. Now, and I, and I, and I, and, and so I, I have familiarity with those, with those fan bases. My dad is a TCU fan. He had, he had that when the first college football rankings, when it was like, uh, you know, was it TCU or Baylor? And they went with Ohio State. They got gypped. They went to the Big 12 and they got gypped. You're telling me that a one-loss TCU team was not as good as that Ohio State team? Now that Ohio State team went on to win. So, so no, no, no disrespect to Ohio State. But that TCU team was really good, and that was their opportunity. And that's why they joined the Big 12. But regardless. And then I saw it uh, in 2017 with UCF. And I didn't, I hadn't started my podcast then. I started it last year. But I told my friends, and we had huge arguments. No, it needs to be fair. Why doesn't UCF get to play against X team? Insert team, right? Well, they beat Auburn! Auburn was like the third or fourth best SEC team. It does not mean that they were going to go and win the national championship, okay? Now you're saying, well, you need to at least give them the chance. It's not so much that, that they're not going to win. you got to give them the chance. Well, life's not fair. We know that. We know that life isn't fair. We know that certain people get job promotions because of who they know, not what they know. We know that that that, that there are, uh, life just isn't fair, okay? We're, we're, we'll leave it at that. And that is what's really, really frustrating for fans to grasp. Every year, it feels like, and even last year with Utah, I was banging on this table right here in the studio saying, Utah is legit. Give them a shot. And you can see they were good. Jalen Johnson, Bears, starting corner. Julian Blackman, starting corner, Colts. I mean, multiple. They have a couple guys on the on the Cowboys. We're not going to get into that because I, I don't. I think uh, a couple of, one of them, uh, Bradley and I is starting, but... We're not going to get into get into that, right? Cowboys this year. Uh, wonderful, wonderful team. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Zach. Shoot, I can't remember his last name. He's up in Buffalo right now. Killing it. Doing a wonderful job. Okay? And could they have had the opportunity? Oh, man, wouldn't that have been awesome. But you look, we lost to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. We didn't get to go. We had the opportunity. We didn't go. Bummer deal, right? Now, now this year, University of Utah, uh, kind of just throwing together season. No, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, hoping, hoping for next year is basically what I want to say on that. But now we have BYU, and it's not just because I'm a University of Utah fan, and you know, lived in Utah my, most of my life, and I love the and and you know, there's that rivalry kind of tension, but you can't say that where they're ranking isn't fair. Now, for for as long as I can remember, BYU fans have been, uh, they're extremely loyal. They love, absolutely love their team. I will, I mean, they're one of the most fiercest, most loyal fan bases in the nation, in my opinion. They they will stand by their team. They will go and sit out when, when their team is 4-8. They'll go see uh, them lose to UMass couple years ago they will be there and Lavelle Edwards Stadium will be packed that's just how loyal they are but right now so now they have something to cheer about so the the noise is being turned up at least here in Utah and nationally because they're the new team and now everybody else that's felt that their team has been gypped maybe Boise State fans even though they don't really like BYU maybe UCF fans now they're like well BYU uh even though that they you know Cincinnati is is ranked a little bit higher than them but it's not fair and I'm sorry, a 9-0, just because you're 9-0 does not mean 
that you get to go to the the college football playoff. It does not mean you're one of the top four teams. If I if I, if you had blank resume, and what about if we switched out BYU and we even threw in North Dakota State, just completely different objectivity, right? And we said they have a first-round quarterback. You know, Zach Wilson, I think borderline first round, maybe second round. First-round quarterback. Really, really good team. Beat up on a lot of really bad teams. What would you think? Well, would it be the same? Would you be arguing? Now they're independent, so it makes it a little bit different because they're of the they're of the power five, but not well. They're 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 not of it or whatever it is. They're in the conversation, but not of the conversation because they're not in the power five. But I'm sorry, I cannot, as an an objective college football observer, put in a team. I couldn't even put in UCF, and even as much as I banged on the table for Utah, I couldn't put in Utah because I don't think they were the top four team last year. Oregon was better. And I don't know about you, but when things happen to certain people because of, you know, you can you can kind of see the writing on the wall. Well, that person got the promotion over you. Well, their dad is the is, you know, the CEO of the company. Their mom is in the accounting department. Their uncle was the hiring manager. You could probably say there's a good chance that that's why they got the promotion. You might even have better numbers. You might know the exact sales numbers. You might know the exact marketing numbers. You can kind of you can kind of understand where, where we're going with this. You you know what's happening. Same thing with the top four. We know who the top four is. Well, we need to expand the college football playoff. It dilutes it. It does. I don't care what you say. It it you if you think choosing four teams is difficult, imagine choosing eight. Man, 9 and 10 would be banging on the, the, the tables, banging on the counters, yelling at the top of their lungs, we deserve to be it because we be X, who be X, who be X, who be X. You shouldn't get in because of a technicality. You shouldn't get it. You should get in because you, the product that you put out on the field is the most, is the best product in the country, top four in the country. And right now, the best product I see, Alabama, number one. Some people would say Notre Dame. I want to say Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, number two. They're getting bored. They have a dynasty. They're getting bored. You might say Ohio State number three. Didn't look super great against Indiana, though. And you have, you know, probably Notre Dame. You can make an argument for Florida, Texas A&M. You can make an argument for Cincinnati. They have a stellar defense. You can make an argument for BYU. But I just don't think that they need to get in because of a technicality. That loss, even Iowa State, Wonderful product. I've watched multiple games. That loss against Oklahoma State is going to come back to haunt them. Oklahoma State, their losses are going to come back to haunt them. But I don't think you should get into the college football playoff because of a technicality. I think the entire nation needs to be rallied around you and say, that's the team. They're a top four team. That's just kind of my, my thought process. I think that, yeah, I think they have an impossible decision because every fan base is going to be outraged. Miami thinks they should be higher. Uh, Notre Dame probably thinks they should be number one. Clemson's like, well, we didn't have Trevor Lawrence. Florida's like, our only loss is to Bama. A&M's like, well, we beat Florida, but our loss is to Bama. And they're obviously number one, SEC really strong. And right now, this year, I think more than ever, it's a lot of uh, smoke and mirrors. You're like, well, it just the, the football just isn't as good this year. Well, put it into context. 
didn't have as much off season, didn't wasn't able to meet with the team. I don't care what you say, the Zoom call meetings are not the same as getting into the practice. Even if you're just walk, talking about plays, if you're in the classroom with a with a notepad going over over the notebook, you, you know you're you're going to pay a little bit more attention than sitting in your apartment playing you know uh, modern warfare while you're listening to your coach talk. Now I'm not saying everybody does that, but there is always a lot of distractions within you know a given apartment especially for college kids. But I think this year, you don't have... Ohio State didn't play, you know, uh, Panera Bread when... and just beat the snot out of them. Man, they hung 84 points. That was just just an absolute butt-kicking. No, they're playing tough teams. Who's giving them real problems? Indiana is a really good team. I said at the beginning of the year, this is a good team. They hung right with Ohio State. They didn't give up. And I think because of the weirdness of the COVID year, you could probably say that, yeah, Ohio State might not be as good as what we thought. Well, is it because they're playing tougher competition? Alabama, in the last 10 years, I think the stat was, they hadn't played four consecutive Power 5 uh, teams in a row. They always had a cupcake in there. They just had a group of five or an FCS or, a, you know, those kind of teams, independent they didn't. They, they they would schedule Sanford. They'd schedule Western Carolina. They'd schedule, you know, Winnemucca State, just to give their guys a little bit of a break. And I think, and I think this year you can see the the importance of those games. Now, now the question is, well, Tyler, where do we go from here? As as college football fans, it feels that Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, LSU—they're getting the benefit of the doubt over and over. And what about if we have that flash in the in the pan, like BYU, 9-0 right now. Now they just scheduled Coastal Carolina, mad props to BYU, way to go. You did what I said, Coastal Carolina, mad props for, for you know, having the guts to schedule them. You've got to have a token. Still think Cincinnati is better than both of you, but that is what we, that's what we need to see. They took, they took initiative. They did what we said. And we're not even going to get into the, the ducking the Washington uh, thing or quarterbacks don't play uh, defense argument that be what you made congratulations i'm not going to bag on you i'm not going to i'm not I'm, I'm leaving it at that just just let me be but where do we go from here what about if ucf that was our that was our one shot we had multiple nfl guys that got drafted we were good we had the shot we could have won we wanted to play insert national championship team here insert top four team here and i want to say this it's the institution number one I know, I know, I know. The NCAA is a nonprofit organization. I know. But there needs to be kind of a czar or a CEO or the president needs a lot more power where he can regulate it. Power. The conferences should not move as separate entities. They should move together in unison. It needs to be Power 5, Group of 5. Now, you got your independents. They can do their own things, right? But there's no uniformity right now. Pac-12, if we would have had a czar or a CEO or whatever you want to call it, suck it up. You guys are playing. Well, you know, COVID, no, you guys are playing. SEC, you guys, you want to play 10 games? We're going to move it to 8. Big 10, you're at 8. Pac-12, you're at 8. You get it done. And if you don't get it to 8 games or, or 6 games, you're not going to the, the, the championship and you don't have a chance to go play for the through the championship. And then they can map out exactly what a group of five team has to do to get into the college football playoff. Second step that I would do. So obviously institution. Second step, scheduling is ridiculous. I've I've been on this for a very long time. 
why right now, uh, I mean, I love my, my university. I am a trailblazer for life. Go Dixie State. But what we are scheduling games in like 2031 right now. Why are we doing that? We don't know what's going to happen in 2021, let alone 2031. What are we doing? What are we doing? Why don't we just allow it year to year? Allow the games to happen when they happen. Maybe have a flex game where if you, you know, you are, uh, if you are, how do I say this? If you're a really good team, you can say, well, we want a shot at the big dogs. Or, crazy theory, you play the big dogs. You schedule them. And big dogs, don't be afraid to, to play those little guys. That's what that's how we fix college football. Because right now I think it's becoming really regionalized. And I think it's becoming within the, 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 the certain number of schools. And we need to change that. And I think that's what most people are frustrated about is that we had four to change it, but it just opened the door for more of a dynasty. We talked about a price floor and a price ceiling, uh, kind of like economics. It's kind of what's happening. The, the four teams, if you expanded it to six, would it be six teams? Are we capping it off of the four best? Those are kind of thoughts, right? So that's what I'd say. You got to get a guy that's willing to take chances, say no to schools, say yes to schools, map out exactly what group of five has to do to get there or an independent like BYU to get into the college football playoff, then then I think people would be more happy because they would see there is a way. Right now it's too ambiguous. And then scheduling. Coastal Carolina, I know. I know it's fun. It's really fun to beat up on the bad teams. And I know. I, I'll give them props. I, you know They've played a pretty good schedule. Cincinnati, I know that you got to play USF. But wouldn't it be, feel so much better to drop USF and play Florida right now? Or drop USF and play BYU right now? Wouldn't that have just wouldn't that be something? I wish there'd be a little bit more uniformity on that regard. Where if there is a good team that wants a challenge, well then have a challenger. And coaches should not be tied to whether they perform. I mean, it makes sense why they go and schedule these cupcake teams because if you play four non-conference games that are absolute cakewalks, you're 4-0. You got to win two games, full game bonuses, all those kinds of things. Don't allow it to be that. If you're worried about the product, which I think the fans are becoming more irritated about this and I think it would eventually reach up to the to the, you know, to the decision rooms, you've got to start making these changes. And those are the changes that I thought no, it's not to expand the playoff. Four is fine. We argue about what the top four is. Everyone does. It is really hard to decide. Could you imagine 16? Could you imagine? Well, are we going to do every conference? Does everyone get a shot? Do we really want to see if, you know, Coastal Carolina, say, say they're not really that good. They get whopped by BYU. Well, we think they're good. We have them 15th in the nation. And they get absolutely annihilated by the 8th team in the nation. It, that shouldn't happen. BYU should be allowed to play in Indiana, right? Now Michael Penix Jr. is out, so I don't want to see that game. If he was healthy, I would like it. So I want to end with that note, okay? And I know that we didn't go into a lot of Week 13. We'll jump in after, you know, after the ad break. But that's what I want you guys to think about. And I know I could have probably condensed it a little bit more, but I really want you guys, you know, think about what I'm saying. And I think there needs to be more of an institutional change, more so than just, blanketly adding more teams to the college football playoff. 
Anyway, that's my rant. So right now we're going to be uh, jumping on. Uh, we're going to be going to ad break. Uh, a lot of fun games that happened. I was actually, uh, you know, uh, having a really good time watching football with my family over Thanksgiving. So I hope you guys stay tuned. After the break, we're going to be bringing you back, talking about a little bit of last week, what to expect this week, and as we near uh, you know, college, uh, the end of college football and, and conference championship week. So stay tuned after the break. All right, and we are moving along with this show. You know, these shows really start to fly by when you really find, you know, really good, wholesome content to, to be able to talk about. Uh, having a lot of fun doing this right now. Uh, you know, despite the pandemic, uh, we still have sports. Very grateful that, you know, we have college football. Uh, we're able to watch it, you know, throughout most of the week. Yeah, there's a lot of cancellations. I think we knew that going into it. I think that... Uh, there was going to be challenges, and right now I feel like we're doing all right. We, you know, we're we're maintaining, we're controlling it uh, to the best of of the ability. The universities are. Everybody has different standards. Uh, one team standards might be that if one person tests positive, it's being shut down, and another one might be, you know, ten testing positive might shut down. Totally dependent on the university conference rules and stuff like that, but. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, last week we didn't do, sorry, two weeks ago we did, uh, our pick'em, and last week we, we didn't, like I said, uh, did the Thanksgiving break off, usually record either Thursday or Friday, that was Thanksgiving, uh, spending time with, with family and stuff like that, I, I just didn't want to record, so, uh, we're back here again, uh, so in week 12 we didn't talk about it, we actually went three and two, uh, really, really, really close, I mean, we're talking like three points away from going four and one, and, uh, you know, honestly, a uh, really close game with Coastal Carolina and App State to make us go almost 5-0. and So we're back on it. I think that right now uh, I really know who these teams are. Uh, normally I can get it within the first couple weeks after watching them uh, because I watch an, an, an incredible amount of football. I was like, okay, after, you know, week two or three, I can say, okay, I know exactly what this team is, I know exactly what that team is, and I know what they're going to look like playing together. It's taken us a little bit longer just because of the pandemic. Uh, we've taken some risk on some teams that otherwise I don't think we would have. Uh, anyway, so we're going to jump into it for week 14. Uh, you know, last week, just a quick recap of week 13. Had some really big games. Obviously, Iowa State beating Texas. Uh, that was a really big game. If you put it into context that Iowa State, uh, you know, they like never beat Texas. Another big one, Oregon State beating Oregon. I was, uh, you know, I was there. Well, not there in Oregon. I was, I was in Washington at the time, and it was really, really foggy. So that was accurate. But it was all along the Oregon coast. Kind of a crazy game. Uh, the Beavers pulled it out. Uh, you know, they called the, the state of Oregon the Beaver State. So, uh Congratulations to them. Some other notable games that I want to get to. Penn State beating Michigan. I don't know what is going on with, with Michigan, but Penn State, you know, not going to go defeated this season. Uh, NC State looking really good. Kind of a quiet team that we haven't been uh, paying a lot of attention to. Uh, as we continue to roll, we had Utah uh, versus Washington. <laughs> Utah just dropped the ball, which was really frustrating as a Utah fan, but uh, they're a young team. Hopefully we can get them back uh, on the right track. Uh, Boston College beating Louisville another big one we had a you know a plethora of cancellations uh for example you know we had the 
uh, you know, our Orange and Blue podcast, we weren't able to talk about the San Jose State game against Boise because that was canceled. Another big one was that Hawaii was able to beat Nevada. Uh, Nevada was undefeated uh, going into it. So congratulations on the, all the teams that won, uh, played well over Thanksgiving. So now we're going to get into this week. I want to go through the five games that uh, we would bet, it, you know, we're really excited about uh, the lines and stuff, making it a little bit more difficult on ourselves uh, to bet things versus just taking a team saying, you know, Alabama versus Auburn, I'm going to take Alabama. No. Okay, are you going to take Alabama plus 28? Well, that's where the that's where the, the, the fun comes in. Anyway, so we're going to start off in the Big Ten. We have Rutgers versus Penn State. Rutgers is um, an underdog by 11.5 points, and I am taking Rutgers. I think this is, I mean, when I saw the lines and stuff like that, I was like, are you kidding me? They're really going to give Rutgers 11.5 points? Uh, uh, we'll, go, we'll go through Rutgers' losses. Um, yeah, they kind of got blown out by Indiana, 21-37, to 37, so that's, you know, 16 points. Uh, they kind of got blown out by, by Ohio State, which was, uh, you know, 14, 15 points, I believe it was. Uh, three points to Illinois, uh, six points to Michigan. So, you know, they really should have won the Illinois game. And honestly, they had a shot to win the Michigan game had, they, had the kicker just made a field goal. They were able to beat uh, Purdue at Purdue last week by uh, by a touchdown. This is a really good team. This is an, they're on the up and up. Uh, kind of a crazy year. They like had gone like forever without winning a Big Ten game. Now they've won two. Uh, I don't know if Rutgers wins, uh, but I think it's going to be closer than 11.5 points. Uh, I've watched this Rutgers team. I've watched them play against Michigan. I've watched them play against Ohio State. I've watched them play against Illinois. This is a really good team. They're building something out there in New Jersey. We just got to wait and see uh, you know, where they kind of land. I think that it's going to be closer than 11.5 points. This is too many points to get Penn State, and they're really not— I mean, they, they beat Michigan by 10, and uh, I mean— Michigan's not super great either. Now you can say, well, you know, Michigan beat Rutgers. Michigan got lucky against Rutgers. Rutgers kicker just needed to make the field goal. I want to take Rutgers uh, plus 11.5. Next game up. Normally, I don't like to bet uh, the teams that I love. Uh, I try to stay away from the University of Utah and the teams that I, you know, have a disdain for. Uh, for those of you who know, I'm not a huge Ohio State fan, not a huge BYU fan, uh, you know, listeners of the show. So I try to stay away from those kinds of games because obviously I'm going to be like, uh,. I don't like BYU, so I'm going to bet against them, and that might cloud my judgment. But I'm breaking both of my rules this week. I'm betting both Utah and BYU. Utah a little bit later, but or BYU a little bit later. Utah uh, is playing Oregon State. It is at home. Uh, Oregon State or Utah is favored by 11 and a half points. Again, I just think this is just too many points to give the Beavers. They looked really good against Oregon. Uh, they have an an, an incredible uh, quarterback and an incredible running attack. Uh, again, I, I I really feel bad that I kind of made fun of Jonathan Smith when the hire was made. I I thought it was just, uh, you know, a re- another Pac-12 school getting alumni hoping to, to pull them out of uh, the despair or whatever. But really, uh, I just don't, I, I don't know, it, really an interesting kind of dynamic they have out there. He's doing an incredible job. I mean, he, he was a quarterback there at, at, the, at Oregon State University. Incredible campus. I just think it's 11.5 points is just too much to give up. Uh, Utah has played well against USC, uh, played really well against Washington in the first half, absolutely stunk it up in the second half. So I really think that uh, Oregon State is going to be closer than 11.5 points. I think this is when Utah is going to get their first win. I think Oregon State coming off, you know, possibly the biggest win in the program history in the last five or six years. Uh, I think it might be a little bit of a letdown. It's an 8.30 game in Utah. Uh, when we flew into Salt Lake City last week, 
Uh, I believe we, when we landed, it was 25 degrees. Uh, not saying that Oregon isn't cold, but that is incredibly cold. Altitude, Utah plays well at home. I'm going to go to the Utes, or Beavers, plus an 11.5, but Utah to, to win the game. Next up, we have Iowa State against WV. It's funny, we've been on the Matt Campbell train for probably, well, since the beginning of last year. Uh, I love Brock Purdy. I uh, We even brought in, you know, the Ames Tribune, uh, Mr. Dylan Montez, I believe was his name, last year to interview him about Iowa State. And so we, we've loved Iowa State. Now everybody's, like, finally keying in that, like, wow, they're actually building something in Ames. Uh, they're an incredible team. Uh, I think this is one of those just lining in the bottle type years. I mean, I think he's a great coach. Uh, right now, they're favored by six and a half points against West Virginia. Again, I'm a West Virginia fan. I'm breaking all my rules, betting against my teams. I think that Iowa State is going to win by seven points, which would cover the spread. Um, they're they're a tough team. Really good running attack. Don't rely too heavily on the pass. When they rely on the pass, they lose games. So if they can continue to establish that running game, and you know, uh, I heard a great quote from their from their running back. He said, five star culture beats five star recruits every single day." I think that's true. I believe that's what Matt Campbell is doing out there in Ames. Uh, go Cyclones! I mean, I love West, the Mountaineers. Huge Mountaineers fan, but I think I want to take the Cyclones uh, minus six and a half uh, against West Virginia. The next game up, we've never bet the MAC yet uh, this season because they've been playing on weird uh, games and stuff, uh, schedule and stuff. Uh, we have the Central Michigan Chippewas against Ball State. Uh, now, I believe that. Well, at the beginning of this year, I said I want to see what what Central Michigan does because they went from being like two and ten last year, uh, well, two years ago to like eight and six. Uh, Jim McLean really turning the the program around. I, I've loved the Chippewas. I've been you know talking about them a lot, so I'm excited to talk about them. They have one loss. It was 44 to 52 against Western Michigan, and they're playing outstanding. And uh, Ball State has one loss, 31-38, uh, the first game of the season against Miami of Ohio. Uh, I'm going to be taking the Chippewas right now. They're 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 uh, plus one. Uh, I think the Chippewas win by uh, a touchdown, if not three points. I just think it's too many points. Uh, Ball State is good. Mike New is building a team there. Uh, you know, him being a quarterback, and, and they were really in a, in a pretty bad spot a couple of years ago. They're building it, uh, and I like what Ball State is doing. I just think the Chippewas are a better team uh, overall. They've blown out some serious opponents. They didn't play well against Eastern Michigan. People can say that's a you know Thanksgiving uh, hangover or whatever, uh, but I think Central Michigan is going to get the win against Ball State. Finally, we're going to close it out. Uh, BYU at Coastal Carolina. Now, I literally just went on a rant and said that uh, I don't think that I can bet BYU. I shouldn't bet Coastal Carolina or you know bet BYU. Yada yada yada. I bet Coastal Carolina twice this year. One time against Georgia State or Georgia Southern when the uh, and I said. I believe I said Georgia Southern would win. Uh, they ended up winning by four points. Georgia Southern didn't cover the spread at three points. They beat me. And then against Appalachian State, I said Appalachian State's the cream of the crop. Uh, Sunbelt team, I think that they go to Conway and win. Now, I've I've learned from my mistakes, and this might be an overcorrection uh, from my mistakes, but I really think that it's going to be closer than 10 points. This game was announced literally two days ago. Well, uh, yeah, two days ago-ish. Maybe 36 hours from, from what I'm speaking right now. And... Literally 24 hours after the announcement, BYU was already on a plane to Conway, South Carolina. Now, I don't know about you. Uh, maybe they had a little bit more intel and stuff, but how do you scout? How do you, how, what do you do uh, 
to completely prepare for a team. You've had a bye week. You don't. You were going to play Washington, but didn't play Washington, uh, and then you're going to travel across the country uh, to play a, a really good Coastal Carolina team. And I, I personally think BYU is going to win this game. I'd love it if Coastal Carolina won. That would be awesome for the Sun Belt Conference. It'd be awesome for the Chanticleers to get a little bit more uh, notoriety and stuff. However, I just think it. I think that the the preparation side that BYU has to go through is just not there. I don't think you can prepare for a team in 48 hours and get your guys ready to play. That's my opinion. Maybe they had been preparing for them all season. Like I said, maybe they know a little bit more inside. But that's what I'm hedging my bet on. Plus 10, I think it's going to be a little bit closer. Uh, as long as Coastal Carolina, their their quarterback is an outstanding playmaker. We want to see him and Zach Wilson on the field. Their defense is really good too. Uh, they're pretty, you know, bend don't break type of defense. Uh, you know, they're a really good team. I've watched them, uh, Coastal Carolina, three times. I've watched BYU multiple times. I think it's going to be a really good game. I just think it's going to be closer than 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 ten points. So I'm going to be taking the Shanta Clears plus ten. Like I said, it'd be great for the Sun Belt Conference to 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 beat them. Uh, I believe the Chanticleers are 15th and BYU is 8th. Uh, it'd be awesome to see a Sunbelt team rise as high as they are. I mean, uh, I'm an App State fan. Uh, we've had them on the on, on the show and stuff like that, but I really think that uh, this is Coastal Carolina's year, and if they're going to make noise, they got they really got to make noise, and they're going to be playing the cream of the crop against BYU. And then uh, BYU is playing San Diego State after, so really interesting kind of turnaround for for the Cougars and uh, you know what what their plans are going forward. Uh, don't think they're going to get into the, the college football playoff, but uh, you know they're having a good year. Uh, good on them. So this has been uh, get the ball rolling again. Uh, I hope you guys put it into context. We've we've discussed a lot today. Uh, obviously, we have our picks of the week, but a little bit earlier, uh, you know, a little bit about scheduling. We've learned during this pandemic we need to be flexible, and you know, things change on a daily. Games are canceled. Games are created within 24 hours. And uh, why can't we do this on a regular? Why why can't this be be the norm now? You know, does it stress out athletic directors and does it stress out the players a little bit? Maybe, maybe a little bit, but I think it, it's providing us with games that we would have never seen uh, otherwise. So that that's just my personal opinion. I think we need to be a little bit more flexible, not be so rigid, uh, not be beholden to a set of rules. And then I also think, I mean, but then in the same breath, I think that uh, the the college football playoff committee and uh, the conferences as a whole, they need to sit down. Uh, you know, the, the college football playoff is owned by the Power Five conferences, I believe, and they need to sit down and say, okay, well, if a group of five uh, or an independent was to do X, 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 then we will let them in. You know, if they go undefeated, they have, uh, you know, they play a, a really tough opponent, uh, a top 10 team. They win convincingly, not just by two or three points. And, you know, that's where we get them in. Same thing with uh, Notre Dame. It feels like sometimes they play by a different set of rules. They really are better uh, than most, but it's like when they're undefeated, they automatically get in. You can make the argument that BYU being undefeated, they should get in because they should play by the same rules as Notre Dame. Have Liberty done the same thing? Like, do, do what does the independence play? How do they get in? How does that factor in? Uh, I personally love seeing Notre Dame in the ACC. I would like to see them more in the Big Ten just because I'd like to see them play Ohio State and Michigan uh, on a yearly basis. But uh, they're playing in the ACC. I love it. I'm here for it. I don't like the independent uh, type of thing that we got. But anyway, so those are just kind of the thoughts. Uh, sit about it. Stew. Uh, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm right. Uh, just just 
really analyze what what we need to do as college football fans, where we pressure, what we say, uh, really makes a difference. I don't, like I said, I don't think an expansion is good. I think there needs to be more of a uh, just list of list of ways that that those teams can get in. Anyway, so this has been uh, the next edition of Get the Ball Rolling. We love you guys. We love your support. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe out there, uh, and you know, enjoy the holidays. It's the holiday season. Enjoy it. Uh, thank you for everything, and let's keep this ball rolling.